Andrea. Hi. Ha- happy. I stretched it a little bit last year because, you know, there's early 90s, mid 90s, late 90s. Um, but we are definitely in the in the, the middle part, the, the, the middle 20s. It's the middle decade, the middle of the third decade of the 21st century. The mids. The mid, we're in the mids, the mid 20s. Ah, you know, yes. ne- ne- well, if we do wind up with a Lions Brown Super Bowl, I mean, that's it. The meteor is on its way. <laughs> Watch out, everybody. I, I have, uh, I, and we're going to do some serious stuff and then some fun stuff. And I, I, I'm in a good podcast mode um, after I was interpersonally out of gas all December and not here for half the month. Um, mm-hmm. I have a friend who is a Jets fan. And he, oh, sorry about it. Yeah, yeah, he is. He is. A, he has a similar aura of being a Browns and, and Lions fan. Like you know, there's no expectations. He's happy to hang with his wife and daughter on Sundays when something, you know, when Aaron Rodgers gets hurt. But they they had the Joe Flacco experience briefly in in New in New, uh, in New York. Mm-hmm. He, and Joe Flacco, I think, was also on the Eagles. This, there's this Joe Flacco revenge tour. That Super Bowl that he won with the Ravens will have been 11 years ago Jeez. next month. It was the Beyonce Super Bowl. So um, Joe Flacco, in all likelihood, the Browns, it would be prudent to not play him this weekend. I can't believe these words are coming out of my mouth. To rest or keep Joe Flacco healthy for the playoff game. Wouldn't this be something, I mean, back in my day for my little high school sports, like wouldn't this be a moment where you're, you start your other quarterback, allow them to play and bring in Flacco, like have him as backup if he's necessary oh, no, you to put win him, the game? You put him, the game doesn't matter. Um, that's why you don't play him at all. Oh, okay. I didn't realize it doesn't matter. Okay. They're, I'm, I'm fairly <coughs> I'm fairly right. certain they're locked into the five seed, so they would play the winner of the like like Jacksonville or Indianapolis or mm-hmm. um, or Houston. I, I think I, I have that right. And like weird world, like you mm-hmm. have to sit. Ju- two years ago, tell tell somebody on the Jets or whatever. Go, the Browns have won so many games they have to rest Joe Flacco who is like years behind beyond his prime and he is like truly an emergency quarterback they have to rest him so he doesn't get hurt for the playoff game they're very likely to win is that because of his age which which part Flacco like him be like him not playing as often you know he wasn't any How did good. this happen? Is it because he wasn't great? Is it because he was on his way to retirement? Yeah. And then all of a sudden he's he's like reemerged. Yeah. He wow. he is enduring th- th- this renaissance. He's 38 years old. Hold up. He's going to be 39 in 2 weeks. You're joking. His, he looks older than that. His career his best days are <laughs> are long. He's been bouncing around. That's why this this is so stunning to watch. You know what it reminds me of? And this could be a really, like, I don't know, tacky or uh, unpoised comment. But it reminds me of, like, um, when somebody is in hospice, but then they have, like, a little moment of time where they're, like, alert. And people think they're going to recover. And it's like, no, no, they're still, um, he's still on track for retirement. But he might get you guys pretty far in the playoffs first. This is... This is this is more akin to pancreatic cancer, and a miracle has happened, 
and they're going to live and and thrive. But yeah, and um, did you watch the football game last night? The uh, Michigan game. Michigan game. I did not. No, but I heard it was really good. I didn't. I I don't know. I didn't. I was footballed out I, between watching the Chiefs and the Bengals and then watching the Browns and the Jets. I'm like, well, okay, I'll turn this off now. Yeah, I I was uh, cooking dinner and kind of getting ready to come back. And I had it on my phone because it just popped up on the ESPN app. But then I kept my eyes on it when it uh, got really tight. It was a really good game. And I like when supposedly the best team, so I've heard, best team throughout the year wins the championship. I hate when they get upset because it's just like one game and, you know, luck can play into things. But I'm happy for Wolverines fans. Good for them. Can I tell you my skewed thought process I have watched so much football in the last seven days that I'm like, okay, like give yourself a break. But also when I watch it, I get into it. Like I get excited and I'm like, oh my gosh. And Thomas and I both were watching it together. And I have these pockets where I'm like, girl, shut up. You you are a Fairweather fan. You have not watched all year. You barely know details about the players. Like I know all about the games and you know, calls and all of that stuff. But I don't know much about the players. I don't know much about the records. I'm not a fantasy football player. But somehow when I'm watching it, I'm into it. Like I've been a fan my whole life. And I'm like, girl, calm yourself down. Simmer down. Did you know which Lions offensive lineman was eligible when that flag was thrown? I know that one (laughs) said, I know that they said that they told the referee, Jacket or whatever his name is, said that he told the referee Referee said he didn't tell him. And then I, I learned, and then I saw them joke during the Chiefs and Bengals game. They were like, well, make sure you inform the ref. Like it brought it, that joke came into another game. I thought that was pretty funny. Um, yeah, the Lions got, got, got jobbed. And that's the second time um, an important thing has happened in Dallas. One of the Lions' more recent playoff visits, there was a pass interference against Calvin Johnson, I think, that, that didn't get called. So, Didn't um, that referee or that team of refs get benched after that? Like, are they not in trouble? The one from the past weekend? Yeah. I think I think they were like downgraded. We never know across yes. like all sports yes. what, what happens um, to umpires and referees and, and all that stuff. They their their punishments are usually kept pretty private. They're not held to the same standard of like coaches and players when they screw up. Mm-hmm. We find mm-hmm. out that they're benched or something like that. Um you told me and sad news spread like yeah. sad news sad news I was gonna say wildfire, but bad pun. Sad news yeah. spread really fast yesterday. Um someone that's been kind of in this orbit and helped you and I strike up a relationship with Chief Armstrong. That's kind of his job. Um, and I think a lot of people know him. A lot of people, if they watch the news, they, they saw this. And um, then they saw the outpouring of, of sadness included from here. Um, Private um, Sterling Ray, a.k.a. Butch, Butch. who was a paramedic um, and long part of TFRD, but he was... PIO, Public Information Officer. And um, maybe you recognized him when you saw the story because he had a familiar face. He was the person that when when there was a story, he would mm-hmm. talk to the press. Mm-hmm. Um, he would get the news out about what happened here, there, and what's going on. Um, and was the liaison. When when we wanted to have Alice, Chief, Alice, Chief Armstrong on, he was the person that set it up. Yeah. Um, I was I was I was hesitant. For a second, because I don't want, I'm more cognizant now of 
of praising people in this fashion when they pass away or something? Because I never, <sighs> I never want to get bit in the ass with, oh, I mean, I was warned of celebrities, but the average person, our neighbors, we know very little of their lives. Like, I never want to get caught, like, praising this person, then come to find out, oh, they were, like, abusing their dogs or something like that. Mm. But th- this was pretty universal, um, and I had a lot of touch points with people who knew him, mm-hmm. and we lost a, a really decent human being from all accounts. Yeah, I, I, when I first saw it, I remember I kind of had just woke up. I just kind of rolled out of the bed. And I'm like, oh, no, like, I, you know, I saw the alert and I text you and I were texting anyway, but I like kind of interrupted whatever we were talking about and texted to you right away because I knew you would want to know as well. But I had only met him a small handful of times and we had been in rooms together related to like, um, you know, training and some mental health stuff and then um, some stuff with Andre Tiggs. And I have only known good things about him. And he's just that he's a kind natured person. And so even though he's a stranger to you, if you're kind of in a room with him and there's just a couple people there, you, you get a good vibe from him and it, it just stays with you. And clearly that's true because there's so many people. I mean, even Thomas found out about it. I was, I remember we, Thomas and I were just kind of out with the dogs that night, like enjoying some a night out with the dogs in the backyard. And I told him and he's like, yeah, I heard about that. And I'm like, wow, the fact that it got to you, you know, and you had heard about it. And he's like, that's really sad. It, that's I, I don't really know what else to say other than like, that's just so sad. He he was young, you know, too 55, young. To, 55 yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, somebody else, I think, in their 50, there was another death that struck me in the last handful of weeks. Don't recall what it was, but uh, the words that pop into my mind with my hour encounters with him. Mm-hmm. I remember I ran into him at Comic-Con uh, with, <laughs> with, 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 his, with his sons. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. now we are hooked up. I didn't know you're, you're going to nerd out. We can do this too. That's um, right. You get to know another layer of him. Right. Mm-hmm. Self, selfless and humble. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, can we do another serious story? Yeah, I'm muting myself because I'm coughing over here. <coughs> You're getting, you had the cold or the COVID or the RS, RSV <clears throat> that so many people have had. I had neither. And clearly I'm talking too much because all of a sudden I'm coughing now. But um, yeah, if you were ill during the holiday season, uh, there mm. was a time when it start, first started to pop up. I was dismissive of it and, and I thought, well, a, a seasonal cold could be worse than what kind of COVID you're going to get. But apparently this, this COVID strain was uh, pretty ferocious. At least I know, at least we know how to handle it better now and mm-hmm. no kind of panic set in. Um, and remember, if you paid attention, we were told about this. Um, like, like the flu that that's only been around for like a hundred years, uh, COVID will be around all the time. So uh, if you so believe in it, and as you should, because it is effective, with a flu shot, get a COVID shot. So if you did get it, um, you have lesser symptoms. I think what's interesting, what I was talking with someone about, did you hang up on me? Uh, you had muted yourself, and for about 30 seconds, there was nothing. I unmuted myself, and I was talking. Didn't hear a thing. Uh, I, it, it was it was so funny, because I'm like, oh, this is working out perfectly. You were going on your spiel about long about COVID, and I was walking to the kitchen, so I muted myself so you couldn't hear my feet and other people in the hallway. And then as soon as you were done, I was walking into my office, and I <laughs> then that's when I unmuted and cut in. The last thing I got was, <laughs> you know, it's really weird or interesting about COVID. Right. So what I was saying, I was talking to someone else about this because 
this is now the third time, like I'm coming off of what I believe was a sinus infection or something related to my sinuses because I didn't need antibiotics to recover, although I'm still dealing with like headaches and earaches and things like that. Maybe I should be on antibiotics, but this is the third time I've been sick in like, what, 60 days? I got sick at the end of October, like right after Maj's wedding, right actually before after Maj's wedding. And then I was sick when I came back from traveling from work in the middle of November. And then I got sick again right before Christmas, like a day before Christmas. And it and it's not like just a little cold. Like I've been out of work for days. I think I've missed at least two weeks of work from these three illnesses. And I'm thinking, is that how COVID affected me? Because, you know, I get COVID like every six months, even though all three of these sicknesses have not been COVID. But I get COVID like every six months. And I'm thinking, is that how COVID is going to like affect me more long term that I now can't fight off. I know I have an autoimmune disease and but I can't fight off like common sicknesses in the way that I used to. It's possible you could have a version of long COVID. <clears throat> it, it's it, it makes me think of uh, some, some, <coughs> excuse some me quote I heard uh, uh, living in insanity with short bouts of being sane you're 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 in a con you're in a constant state of covid with short glimmers short periods of of optimal health i guess so yeah i guess so although i did um i guess so and we could talk about that another for another podcast we'll talk about what my goals for 2024 are but yeah um serious thing and Mm -hmm. i uh i i sent this by way of um Chief of Police, who isn't really on Twitter, uh, the city and the mayor and whoever runs the mayor's account uh, tweeted this back out. But I, I knew, and this is why I threw it on people's radars, um, I knew that it was going to get lost because the story came out December 29th. So I sent it, I sent it by way of Sean Hegarty because we should <laughs> tout our wins. And like real wins, not not um, soapbox moments. Mm-hmm. Um, if you take out places where there's like one, um, we're in like the top 25-ish cities ac- across the country when it comes to uh, the plunging of the murder rate. Um, uh, we're, we're down like 30-some percent. And, and again, we're like in the top 20, 25 cities <clears throat> in the entire country when it comes to that. And again, I'm extracting places where there's like one or, or two. Um, I asked Sean to do this investigation because as we have talked about so many times, and I know you've heard me say, um, in the in the throes of all this anguish and violence and animosity and bloodshed during our once in a lifetime, hopefully, uh, plague, it's like you know, once this once this recedes, once the the wave, once the uh, the harshness of COVID goes backwards, this is just going to kind of settle itself. Now that didn't mean that we didn't need to reevaluate some of the ways that we police, do it differently. Are there better ways? Just re-examine that whole thing up and down. Um, and as usual, I think it's a combination of both things. But I'm hoping Sean can put some uh, some some permanent ink down that did at least here and, and other places because the murder rate is down all over the country. In mm-hmm. fact, crime is down with the exception of. Uh, vehicle thefts, particularly Hyundai's and Kia's, because of some TikTok thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but crime, crime is down. Even the really serious, ugly ones, domestic violence, uh, abuse, uh, <laughs> assaulting—it's all down. But the murder, the murder thing was 
going to come down once life settled and COVID went away. So I wonder, I want to know if there's even a way if we can pick this apart here and everywhere. Is it more because like how much would these percentages be what they are or different if we didn't do what we did in all these cities where violence became a real, real scary problem for a lot of people and changed some of the ways that we went about policing? Would this number have come down if we didn't do anything and just like jackass me kicked our feet up and said, you know, once the virus goes away, this will all go away. So everybody chill. <laughs> I don't, you know what? I'm not sure. That's a, that's a, I do agree that this is a good opportunity to evaluate where the difference was or if there were any changes or come up with some sort of theory on where we feel like the difference is. Because obviously, if, if there is something that had happened that kind of made this shift, you want more of that. Okay, more of that. More of that. Let's do more of that. Let's focus on some of that. I mean, I know that our city has made a, has tried to make lots of efforts in curbing some of the violence. And I'm curious maybe where these results could be stemming from, if anything. I mean, it could be just a shift in society and what we're doing. We're back to work. We're out of the homes yeah. less. There's less things going on. I will say, though, I think what's making it hard for us to really pick up on that story is while we've seen less like homicides in our city we're seeing more homicides of young people like there's one number that's going down and a number another number that seems to be going up if that makes any sense like there's the number of deaths is going down but the number of the demographic of those is shifting as well and i think that that's been the growing concern and that's what we're seeing obviously more often in our local media is just how young people are committing some of these crimes and losing their lives and those kinds of things. So it's it's almost shifted a little bit. Like yes, overall it's gone down, but it's also shifting in, in a way that is that does to me doesn't allow me to like take that breath of like, oh well this is good. You know what I mean? It could just <clears throat> when things happen to kids and pets there's more concern. We are desensitized in a lot of ways. Do you know, so Robin, uh, going through her cancer treatments, got COVID. She could not go over to UTMC because it was on lockdown, likely because of the, uh, no, it, it was because of this, because of the uh, the drive-by shooting that happened on Broadway a couple a couple hours earlier right. on, on, on Friday. In the day, right? In the middle of right. the day, right? Um, but that stuff, that stuff doesn't really resonate with us again, kids and pets, when things happen to them, um, we're, we're more acutely aware of those. I, I don't know. I'd like to see the numbers and, and I also would like to see, um, and this wasn't in the dashboard that I looked at, or maybe it was somewhere. I think we, well, we had like, like 60 some murders two years ago and it was, mm-hmm. is 40, like 40 some. That's, that's still not a, I got to look at the math. That's still not a lot of people. Like we have what, like 200,000 people, 200,000 people in this city. Um, I'm very big on, on sample size and data sets. Um, That, that where it also could have just been an anomalous year. Now, granted, there were plenty of things to point to otherwise Mm -hmm. where things were mirrored in larger cities. But I certainly understand your point of, it seems like a lot of these are happening to the teenagers and to be quite frank, I'm sure the the ridiculousness that happened at the mall is still fresh in your mind as well. Well, and I don't necessarily see it happening to the teenagers. And 
So I get what you're saying about like, you know, of course we'll be sad about anything happening to animals or kids. It's not that it's happening to kids. It's that they're, it's kids doing it, which is even worse, which is that, which is what brings you down even further. It's that a 14 year old was murdered by a 16 year old or a 17 year old was murdered by a 15 year old by a car of 16 year olds, by a 14, 15 and 19 year old on a police chase that ended deadly. Like it's those things where I'm like, oh my goodness. And I did look at that list. So I know exactly what you're talking about, the the list. And I, I tried to look at us compared to other cities. And I think the only thing, and I, and I don't wanna fall victim to not seeing the positive in all of this, because I agree with you. I remember the year when we had 63 murders and then the next year we had 65 we had beat it by a couple of numbers i remember those years and paying attention to it but i looked at that list and i'm like wow we're on here for almost 50 individuals at that time i think we have more now we ended the year a little higher than that because at the time they reported it wasn't it in like early mid-december this number this year yeah wasn't the number that they report when they did the story there was still there was a couple more that got in towards the end of the year. Maybe the the numbers on this dashboard are mm. sixty two year prior, forty three mm. this past year, down about thirty one percent. Right in the ballpark, uh, Oklahoma City, uh, Pittsburgh, which is definitely a bigger city than us. So here's where mm-hmm. the math plays in. Pittsburgh, yes, that, I, and that's what I was thinking about. Yes. Pittsburgh is a much much larger city. I don't know by mm-hmm. how much. So they mm-hmm. had sixty six last year. 44 this year. Oklahoma City, Tulsa. Um, I think Tulsa's, they're, I think they're they're both def- definitely bigger than us. 63 and 68 and 46 and 42. And uh, it, it's it, it's interesting data, but I, I, right. was, I was trying to go, all right, how can, how can somebody really spin this in a good way? But the percentages are what, what they are. That's a, that's a pretty substantial drop. And as with all things, it's it's a combination of things. Like I know that um, our police chief, and from talking to people that we know, they really made a concerted effort to go walk the neighborhoods again. I just I, I think that's where I'm. I personally, you and I are uh, not disagreeing by any means, but I think that we're in different ends of the spectrum as far as thought here because I'm not ready to spin because I feel like while we brought our number down, we brought the per- the number down twenty percent decrease great or 15 percent. that's great it's 30 that's a big deal but there's but i feel like it has almost shifted in some ways and compared to other cities very sizable cities we're right there with them but our number is drastic like again however many hundreds of thousands of people we have compared to millions in the other city yet we still have the same amount of homicides and individuals that we've lost i personally am not ready to to um shift the thought process if that makes any sense because i feel like there's still a lot of work to be done i i like to say that numbers don't lie but you can make them say certain things and right i i I, I did not go through this exhaustively but i mean if it were baseball statistics or football if it were sports stats i i would um because you can create narratives in a in a lot of Mm -hmm. different ways like okay so i i don't know how what the population of pittsburgh is but we'll just say that our numbers are equal. Um, two years ago, and then in this past year, is it is it bad that we is it really bad that we have so many, or is do they have fewer than they should for for that size city? Um, and then you look like T- Tampa had thirty eight 
last year and 27 this year. I would think Tampa would have more, um, but I don't think... Look, it, there's a lot to do when it's sunny outside. Not getting in trouble is one of those things. Rochester, New York... million in Pittsburgh. Uh, that's probably the metro. That's not... This This is all, this is like city proper. Seven County, Pittsburgh. Right. Seven, seven counties, yeah. So, so these are these are just like city proper. I would guess Pittsburgh probably is like 350 or 400,000 people. Mm. Mm. Um, Rochester, New York, similar size to us. 75 down to 54. I get what you're saying. Um... But you know what? It, it, if every if every one of the lives lost was a kid, but the number was down, mm-hmm. I would feel better about it because it's just less I, lives lost. No, I don't. I don't. I it, I just and that and that's okay. Like I feel like it's perfectly healthy for us to not necessarily disagree, but look at things in two different ways. And that's why I'm like I can't see the good in this because there we are really shifting to another dire, in my opinion, dire issue dire challenge dire uh, thing that needs solutions you know we're, we're working on it you and i know oh yeah that, of course like, these things these things begin in mm-hmm. in the home in mm-hmm. the home um if you have one exactly um and maybe your home is you know part of a gang because they give <laughs> you a place to sleep yeah um, pittsburgh is proper is not that much larger than the state for three hundred thousand people we have two hundred sixty eight thousand people um but I wanted to make sure I got out there because, again, stories, the bad stuff always weighs so much heavier than, than the good things. And I, I know um, it's hard to believe this, mm-hmm. but we have made some real strides when it comes to um, getting violence down, mm-hmm. crimes, and so many things. One of the things that I, I like to keep throwing out there is um, people at the very bottom of of, of income earners. Um, closed the gap than anybody else on the spectrum when it comes to the wage gap. Um, so that that's that's really really good. Um, I had kind of had that little discussion. We can we can do it now if you want. As my last serious thing, um, a friend of mine was looking for work, and I was like, "We have to find you a career, or you're just going to keep bouncing from job to job. Or you have an right. asshole boss, or they threaten to cut your hours, or they do cut right. your hours because." You know, it's slow in the summertime. Like you need a you need a career, and that that's going to be my mantra this year. I, I I'm over the thing livable wage. Like mm-hmm. you you need livable work. Um, there was and this came in my head because of the beginning of last week when whether true or not, the story was Pizza Hut was cutting delivery drivers because of the minimum wage hike in California. First of all. <laughs> Most pizza places are cutting delivery drivers, um, and it goes, and, and they're just picking up like standalone places. They're going right. to use Uber. Like I, Mary here does that, and she said she gets paid more for pizza places because they're usually changed. They're reputable. Um, Domino's and, is giving you discounts if you pick up instead yeah. of using a delivery driver. So you're taking money out of a delivery driver's pocket. I get it, right. but mm-hmm. also that that's a job. Like. Mm-hmm. Maybe sometime long ago that that could you know help you be a good roommate, but that's there's two we a lot of decades ago our parents could work at a department store, mm-hmm. and that could be a career for them. Mm-hmm. Um, it, a lot of younger people say just because you had it this way doesn't mean I have to have it this way, and my response now is just because certain jobs were careers are no longer that and like delivery driver 
I, no. And, and a lot of things like that. And there was some talk on my Facebook page today. I know not everybody can can get a career, but it is a lot easier than you think. There are a lot of assets out there that you can take advantage of so that you can easily hop into a career and have some stable finances in your life rather than having to go from job to job just waiting for them to cut more time and hours. And I mean, what do people consider a career? Is a career like a job that you are satisfied enough with that you keep it more long term? Like, I don't, what, what do you... You have a career. I have a career. Um, if you, I would say there was probably a time where you could be a waitress at a diner and have a career. Sure, um, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, that but like that stuff's not like that. That's not legit. Like you can't live off that anymore. And I will of course. So you admit, consider that as something you can live off of, also. Yeah, absolutely. And okay. and and, mm-hmm. and my other point when people were like, we need more money. I'm like, hold on a second. If you're working like X amount of hours, if you're working 40 hours a week and you're only getting paid $9 an hour, you are wasting 40 hours a week. If you're going to work that much, 40 hours a week, that that's career work. You should have benefits. You should have time off and all that stuff. 40 hours a week is a career. And um, if, if you're going to be a delivery driver or... And I'm not meaning to poo-poo these things. You can work at a restaurant. You can work at a gas station and make a career out of it. But if you're going to start working at Speedway, the career is not tending to the counter for and continually asking for more money. You have to aspire to be the manager of that place. You and have then to manage your expectations, you're saying? No, you have to be aspirational. Mm. If, if you just want to work at Speedway um, and, and work the counter... That's fine, but that's not really a career, and they're not going to pay you career money. The if but if you want more, if you want more money, it's there for you. You have to be driven and aspirational, and you will be rewarded for it. Instead of making eleven twenty-five an hour and continually begging for more hours or more pay, we're going to pay you fifty-seven a year and give you more responsibility. That's a career. I always like recommend that in, that people kind of examine what they want to advocate for and make smart choices and decisions on what you want to advocate for. If you're working in a scenario where you know the the pay is not fair or it's not equal, where you know something is imbalanced, if there's potential for that to change, then by all means, go for it, you know, so that it's better suited for your life. If there is no potential for it to change, if it's been as it has been, if you work for a larger a chain corporation or a larger business where you know that you know making wage adjustments in a way that fits your life more long term isn't necessarily a possibility then i would agree i think it's time to make a shift i was talking with someone actually just today it's so ironic that we were talking about this a, a bit and we were just discussing how frustrating it is uh this person you know specifically believes like you know i've been working really hard growing myself i'm in a career and i'm still struggling and i said well that's because all of these things are happening at the same time that our economy, while our economy may be doing well on paper or job numbers are up and this is happening and this is happening, 
your groceries are more expensive, your gas is more expensive, your ta property taxes increased, your mortgage is increasing. So every time you're in your career and you're growing yourself to meet your needs or expectations, something happens out of your control that knocks you back down or keeps you in the same position that you're in. Re and what, ha what do you do then? Re so real wages only really went up drastically for those people that I mentioned earlier, the people at the bottom. Right. And look, I, it's a the microeconomic mind with microeconomic mind, macroeconomic thoughts. This was so predictable. Once we got to look past the sickness of the virus a little bit, um, right. you can ask for more money, but I've seen how this works. Mm -hmm. It's coming back on you. There's no if, ands, but or buts about it. And then with that, so let and we've we've done this math before. What you pay two ninety nine before went up to four fifty because of supply chain problems and all that. And then it started to come down. But it's not two ninety nine anymore. It's three sixty nine, and mm -hmm. it's not. So it's down, but it's. And there's some psychology with that, but I knew that people like the, the laborer, or the worker, were was not going to win this at all. To to exactly what you asked, you have to make some hard life choices, and and it it really sucks. This is where deciding whether or not you can continue to do what you do is viable, or you have to make some adjustments, some concessions. And sure. you've got to decide what's what's more important to you. I really like doing what I do. I've done it my entire life. My pay is only essentially going to go down for the rest of my career in this. But mm -hmm. I have planned that all along. I have not made ridiculous financial decisions or anything like that. So I can afford to continue to do this. Because again, what I do is a dying, eroding, by the day, legacy media entity. Nobody is getting um, raises in this because the industry is bringing in more money. Um, mm -hmm. Can I ask what that, who that person, or not who, can I ask what that person was they were doing and their belief that they were in a career? Uh, just like right now, I would say like a mid-level manager was previously like a entry-level case manager and then went to the coordinator and is now like in a maybe a position of mid-level leadership. I, that's um, I'd say that's a career. And with, exactly. And with potential to put, to grow again. But it's like every time you do that, you know, something is happening that makes it so you're not seeing the fruits of and you and again, we have come up in a culture and this co this coworker is actually, you know, old enough to be like my parent. But, you know, I feel like we've come up in a culture where you want to do better than your parents did and you want to have a career that allows you the ability to enjoy it. Like I always I don't know. I think everybody has in their mind, like, what is that one thing that you're going to be able to do where you or that you'll be able to consistently do to where you realize, like, I really have done well for myself. I have achieved what I wanted. And for me, it was like I could just go to Disney and enjoy it. Or, you know what I mean? There's things that I can do and I can just enjoy and not have to be concerned every second or stressed about something every second. Everybody has that point in their life or in their career where they're they're working to get to that. And you, I specifically said in this conversation, I said me five years ago or six years ago would have believed that where I'm at right now financially would have been that point where I'm like, I am satisfied and I can stay here for years and years. And now the present me living in it is like, no, this ain't gonna work. <laughs> like, 
life, you know, life, life changed a lot. Like the biggest, yeah, it did. The biggest, yeah, it did. The biggest culprit of all this. Um, first of all, the American dream is is dead unless you are a foreigner, unless you're an immigrant. Mm-hmm. Um, wages. People got their raises in six months, and they weren't enough. Um, because we were catching up with literally 30 years mm-hmm. of inflation that didn't keep up. And, and that's where things changed. Um, like some of the things we've talked about before, uh, we, 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 now people know what now people were getting it. How I talked about my dad getting cost of living increases. Like it was like clockwork. I'm sure you know people, I certainly do, where, you know, every year they went on vacation. It mm-hmm. wasn't like a super lavish vacation. Maybe they just went, you know, in northern Michigan for a week. But vacation was a part of people's lives. And I'm not talking about like high income earners like the average american vacation was a part of your life like Not that, that 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 that's gone like that that died mm-hmm. years and years ago um mm-hmm. we're at, we're at an inflection point and hard decisions are are required i am i'm a thousand percent certain i chose not to have a family um part of the decision making and certainly not buying a house was i work in radio like, this thing can go away like that. I have gotten fired three times at least, and it mm-hmm. all could have been the end. But I mentally prepared for that. Um, yes. One, one of the other things that, that came up in this, because everybody, it's very, it needs to be nuanced. It's very generalized. It's broad. Not all things apply to all people. But I'm on the, the good side, I think. We are. And one of the things that we endeavor to do here and in what we do is, hello, hello, let me get you to the tenant meeting where the city can give you can, can give you advice. Hey, the city wants to buy you a new roof. We want to get the message out that uh-huh. so many people seemingly miss. While you're sitting there, at, well, you're beating your head against or, or letting your head be put into a vice, begging a place you don't work to give you a few extra dollars an hour. It's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Actually... You can get a better car deal or it's not so bad to take Tarda and your real wages will go up because that will allow you to take this job. Uh-huh. There's just so much out there, especially now. Like the city, I think, really is doing a good job. The library, go to the, you, you, don't, you don't have access to the internet or anything like that. Jason, the fucking director of the library will sit there and help you apply for someplace. I, no, I, I know. I feel, I feel like in our city, we have a lot of, oper- there's a lot of things that make our, the city of Toledo really great and and i really enjoy the recognition that we are receiving on the national level for those things for the opportunities and the benefits i do think though there's populations of people that kind of are in the gaps of some of those or don't necessarily benefit from some of those and that that's just life you're not going to receive i mean you know because you've seen my text messages where i'm like well didn't get my loans uh (laughs) <laughs> didn't get my loans taken away on this round. Nope, missed that round, you know. they, In my opinion, exactly. Like, so many people want to advocate for the people at the very bottom. But, they, again, they have actually done really well. The people in the gap who are getting brutalized by all this, because, right. look, unfortunately, those people probably grew up poor, and, and they know what it's like. Like, they can live that way. And just because you're poor doesn't mean you're any kind of gangster or anything like that. But poor people... Lower income people, they know how to live like that. Their aspirations were not vacations. It's it's people just below you. It's Bethany and Josh um, where 
one accident, one like $5,000 cost and, and you're done. And you're done, 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 done. Because at least at the very bottom, you have you do have safety nets, like well, medic, like Medicaid and things sure. like that. But the the people who are just below you, those people who might bring in, I don't know, less than a hundred grand a year, eighty grand between uh, two people, and they've got childcare, just one kid, like they're on razor's edge. And those are the people who say, I cannot afford a $400 medical bill. We do live truly paycheck to paycheck. And their mindset was always different. Their mindset, their their parents were solid middle income. So they thought of the vacation. They knew that they needed to go to college. They're in debt. Like those are the people in the gap and who are on the razor's edge. Well, I think that gap is a little bigger. I think that, that gap is continuing to grow. I mean, I, I would agree with you that households, the households that are below you know six figures absolutely are smack in the middle of that gap make up the most of it but i think there's some individuals my household included where you're trying i mean ideally you should have the capacity to do some things but you keep getting hit after time after time after time you like spend your whole life and your first give your firstborn away to your mortgage company so you can afford a home and you know what i mean all of these things happen to where you truly don't get to re- reap the benefits of ideally living in households or living with income that ordinarily should be really good. I don't, I don't disagree. I, I, I don't disagree at all. But I, I do think that you are on the outer part of that mm-hmm. because of how you have ascended, deservedly so, in in the last year as I work as your unpaid agent offering free uh, advice and whatnot. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're in the outer part. You're in the outer part of that. But are are Bethany and Josh, and and other people like that? Yeah, the under six figures households, who are just husband wife, thirty three, yeah. one kid, exorbitant daycare. Like they're the bullseye. But you're right, and and I'm even included in what. Uh, in, in, I'm in the very I'm in the very very outer edge of who you're mm-hmm. talking about. I I thankfully. My money is solid, so it gives me peace of mind. I can take care of incidents. I can offer you money for your down payment with a very reasonable interest rate. That's how I, I give back and I try to help my friends. But there it just are, makes it so scary. Like, the, the, just so scary. I mean, you know, you'll have. You talked about like not enjoying like some of the benefits and and, and, and the perks. Um, I I hate to think that those things are all gone, or like instead of. Instead of like you're buying a cottage or renting a cottage up north for a week, you're going to Cedar Point Shores. Um, I'm fine. I mean, I, I'm fine with that. But I, you're talking to somebody that never got a vacation. We didn't. Right. That's why, like my, like I said, everybody has that that thing that they get to do where they're like, we really have done it. And for me, it would be like a, a vacation a year, being able to comfortably travel and go on a vacation a year. We're still not to that point. But everybody prioritizes their money differently and what yeah. you choose to spend your money on. I choose clothes, although yeah. I haven't bought clothes in quite a long time, might I say. But it's just disappointing. You can have yourself a career. You can, you know, like, all right, you've been working jobs. It's time for you yeah. to find yourself a career. But every person is going to have to settle in some way. Of course. That's what life is all about. And It, it sucks. It, it, yeah. Expectations and hope. Um, you, you put a fine point on it there but i was going to ask you if you wanted to like throw some more 
um, working type situations at me so I could be more clear when it comes to career or, or job? Mm, I don't think so. I mean, I, because you can make a job a career. You just have mm-hmm. to have... You have to have your expectations in check, I believe. Like, I feel like if you, this is your job, but you're good at it, you're reliable, you enjoy coming into work, you're, you know what I mean? People enjoy you, you may or may not want to grow, you know, but if this is something you see more long-term, this is your career, great. But manage your expectations related to that, I think. Yeah, if you wanna be a custodial worker for TPS, And and you you love every aspect of it. You 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 just laugh in people's faces when they say you clean toilets because you love it. You just have to know, like you're right. That job turns into a career. It, it mm-hmm. is your vocation. This mm-hmm. was your calling. Now, in a lot of cases, somebody like that is going to get taken care of, hopefully by a good employer. Um, <laughs> but but you got to know. Uh, you are never going to make more than, and I'm pulling, I'm ballparking this. You're never making more than $43,000 a year. Um, Depends on the career. If you're no, no, in a, no, th- in a plant. One, that one. Oh. Like you're a custodian, you're a custodial person at, at TPS. You, you could absolutely love it. It is, it is your career. You see it as your calling. It's your vocation. I need you to recognize if this is what you want to do, like you have put a cap on what you want to make. Now, if you want to be, if they come to you and say, hey, hey, Thomas, you have, you're great at this. We were wondering if you would like to head up a program for all the TPS middle schools and, and do trainings for, for maintenance work so they can all be like you. And you say, no, I, I can't have you asking for, for more money. And, right. and, and when you passed up your opportunities. Yeah. And, and that's, mm-hmm. a, that's a big, that's one of the big differences to me between, you know, job and career. But a lot of it is uh, jobs have evolved into for certain kinds of people, um, teenagers, and we've lost a lot of them to the workforce, retired people, a lot of people who didn't come back to work, like mm-hmm. my dad, people who just want to stay busy because their other person um, is the is the major earner and they just, you know, maybe they just want to mm-hmm. get some benefits from a good place. Um, like that's, that's job work. But I almost like lost my head when some... Twitter idiot was like this delivery driver like she was alluding to the fact that this is their career well we have to have a chat about like what your expectations are and if that's your career right. if you have been called upon by the, by the higher power to be the best goddamn delivery driver in Bakersfield California I need you to know that you're pulling in 23 grand a year and you're better off just staying at like 13 and getting your ass on Medicaid Right. No, I agree. I think that you just need to manage your expectations. You need to potentially be <laughs> like awoken and, and and that's fine. No judgment and no shade. You just need to manage your expectations and demanding. There's only so much and so far that you can go. There's a person that I know, and this will be the last example and we'll move on. This person, like many of us, is uh, having a conflict with health insurance. Mm. You have grown up in the age, and, and, and my, myself as well. Like I've, I've been fortunate of all my places that the insurance has been pretty good. The high deductible has not been that high. The premiums have not skyrocketed. Like I pray to all kinds of gods and thank them every open enrollment when they're like, 
premiums are going up. I'm like, oh, up, and I'm like, oh god, it's only like two dollars a paycheck. Mm-hmm. Um, it is appropriate in this era to leave a job because the insurance is not beneficial for you. If you're paying for it and they're not, they're not giving you access to where you need to be. I'm sorry, you might love the job, but you're probably gonna have to go find something else. Um, we. It, 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 it benefits insurance, unfortunately, has to be taken as income now because we all pay for it in one way or another. You've got to calculate that into your spending. I have seen some insurance companies as well, like charge up fees. If you're like an occasional smoker, you're paying an yeah. extra X amount of dollars. And I, I don't love that. And I oh, get I it. I, I, I don't I don't like that. I get it. But I. It, it's it's like wild, and I have always been the kind of person that doesn't pay attention to how much I'm paying into certain things. I mean, I do work at a nonprofit and have for quite a few years, and we continue to, I think we have, the increases that we have received, the company has paid them, so most of the time, so that the employees don't get hit with any increase that may be coming our way. But I think at one point I paid attention to the difference in how much Thomas spent on insurance compared to how much I spent. And it was wild and and, yeah. and kind of sad. <laughs> it, it has to be in right. the calculus of a uh, family's income. Uh, stand by one second. I have a traffic to do. Okay. We have reports of an accident. 475 eastbound at Douglas. You'll face some slowdowns in that spot. Other, no, otherwise, we're all clear. That's your cumulus Toledo right now traffic. Mm, hopefully Hi. there's no traffic for me coming home. Um, I think you'll be okay. Uh, let me see if I played this right. Um, obviously, healthcare is a, is a major component in career, job, earnings because it too has become exorbitantly expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you said something there that I wanted uh, to bounce back on, Thomas. What the difference you? in our healthcare costs. Um, not that, not that, not that. Walk me back again. I'm sorry. I don't know. I think that's all I said. No, I, 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 did, I didn't pay attention for quite a while to how much oh, my insurance sorry. and things like that cost, like, which I know is a privilege. I, I think it's a it's pretty proven that smoking is detrimental to your health. Um, oh, sure. We we could... That That's why uh, everybody that threw their DNA out there to find out if they were related to somebody in Saskatchewan... I'll never do that. ...really opened up a Pandora's box because what if, and maybe this will happen in some iRobot futuristic 2079 year, where we can look at your genetics and go, hey, it looks like cancer runs pretty rampantly in your family. We're going to charge you a higher premium. And you know what? It's really hard to say no because it's insurance. It's it's a safety net. It's not a right or anything like that. I was watching a documentary last night and there was a, a business owner for one of those genetic companies that takes people's information and produces like results related to their genetics and what they could potentially face. And he said that very thing. He said some insurance companies actually do utilize companies like them to determine if they will insure someone. It, on a more common level if you have a lot of tickets and accidents you get charged more for insurance because you are a larger liability Mm -hmm. insurance the last thing as much as that person on the other end of the progressive phone or whoever your insurance company is is the is the nicest person in the world they run all those those goofy jovial commercials and you just want to call who's the lady pam or you can call oh. Patrick Mahomes uh, and get Flow. State Flow, State Farm. There's Jake. The last thing they want to do is pay out what they owe you. They will do everything they possibly can, and that's from health insurance to auto to to home. 
Um, uh-huh. But the health insurance is like the one we usually usually use the most. But um, I would move. I'm so sorry for that. But you brought up the smoking thing. Um, <laughs> we talked about some relatively boring, some interesting stuff. Yeah, I found this all very interesting. <laughs> well, you're boring, so <laughs> I am. I am. I my DoorDashcation, which mm-hmm. included laying, wait, uh, eating, drinking. Gaming, laying, sleeping. A lot of ings, none real Any productive. Puzzles? I did not. I was playing a lot of video games. Mm, okay. Well. Um, hey, can you help me with a personal thing? Sure. Uh, so when I got my shower clean, they suggested that I move over to like liquid soap. They're like, bar soap is just, it's the bane of, of showers and tiles and what you have. So I bought right. some liquid soap. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do I... How, is it is a, do I have to get a loofah to lather it well? No, you could. I mean, you could use anything. You could wait. Did you? Would you clean yourself with the actual bar? You didn't put the soap on a washcloth. Correct. Oh my god! Is that disgusting? Yes. I'm a pretty clean person. Well, so and you I'm, would put a bar of soap between your butt cheeks? No, my butt. My butt is extremely clean. Well, um, remember, you could get a loofah or, or a washcloth. I mean, you could still technically use your hands. They always say for women, we're supposed to use our hand. So It doesn't lather up real well. Um, maybe it's just not a good soap or something. Well, well, actually, lathering, depending on the soap, is not good for you. Like lathering, okay. there's some like cleansers that I use on my face that don't lather because it dries you out. Um, I thought you were going to ask me like what brand of liquid soap. I get a good one from Costco. It's great. It comes in a two-pack. I'll show you but, um, what I got, and then there's I, I have been using uh, Cetaphil for a long time because I had great. I had a, a soap breakout from ever mm-hmm. ever since then. I've I've just stuck with that, and I guess there's some liquid ones, but I couldn't find it. Um, but maybe I will go with that one. But I'd, I'd probably ask the same question, like how do I lather this real well? Yeah, you could use a loofah, but those things are, are like a uh, whatever those things are called. But those always attract like bacteria, and so right. they don't they don't mention using that often if that makes any sense or just going through it more than once you can use a washcloth you could still use your hands like but just because it's not lathering doesn't mean it's not cleaning because the good clean the good soaps don't lather a ton they're more silky and they leave your skin feeling like velvety you know yeah this this smells nice it seems pretty premium and it wasn't I wasn't worried that I wasn't cleaning myself. I was worried that I wasn't getting it, like I wasn't lathering it up so I could get enough spots with how much I was using. I see. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm the only one in my shower, so it's not like somebody else's stuff is, is on there. And like when, I when, when, I, when I'm done with the soap, like it, it goes back under the water. So whatever might have been in between my butt cheeks gets washed off. I know. You rinse it off and then put it away. I know. I trust you. You're a clean person. Um, they met each other when they were on training wheels. Uh, my brother Paul and Tracy. They are officially married. Congratulations to them. I think I told my dad. I, I said my. I think my dad and I made out best in this mm-hmm. because we have another relative. Because. They have essentially been married. Um, it, it was simp- yeah. simply paperwork. There was no wedding. It, it was just a formality. So I have a sister-in-law now. And you have, well, you've always had another nephew. But like, yeah, you have a sister-in-law. You have, you, you have extended your family. You now have extended family. Um, 
Paul has always had his own family, obviously, because you're right. Like they've been together for so long that it's hard to, when you speak about it, it's hard not to like include them, if that makes any sense. Or so, yeah, like Paul now has his own family, your extended family. Which uh, that's practically, this adds like 25% to the family because it's me, Paul, my dad, Mm-hmm. And two uncles. <laughs> there were never any aunts or cousins. Everybody else is dead. So that's, wait, one, two, five. And we add two. That's like, we're adding like four, we're adding 40% to that. That's wild. Did Paul take the last name? Or did uh, did Tracy take the last name? I did not get to that. Um, oh. Did not get to that. I, I text off off podcast conversation that I wanted to to run by you. Mm-hmm. Um, I did ask Tracy. I was like, "Is uh, Paul going to retire now?" I mean, because she works. She's going to be a te- she is a teacher. I think with the city of Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. So like good pension or whatever it is mm-hmm. and, and decent pay. I was like, Paul can run his eBay or he can Phoenix can hire him to run his eBay. Mm-hmm. Um, but good for them. Yeah, I'm happy for him. Good for them. Good for them. Have. Phoenix is I just love you I love your stories about Phoenix I'm I think he's a funny I think he's for someone that doesn't know him I'm like two degrees removed from him I just enjoy him so much so good for them to he, be an official fan. it seems like it might have been a formality or oh yeah they were like you know what let's do it oh yeah total formality like they were holding off because of insurance reasons it's and actually um I, my chair makes a lot of noise sorry um Tracy got benefits in some way from the government somehow because of who and what she was. So that's why she didn't marry Paul earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Phoenix is your prototypical 12-year-old. Like, even even now my dad knows all things about Fortnite because that's all Phoenix does with his life. But he's so funny. I, like, even the stories you tell me, especially when he was younger, I'm like, for him to be a kid, he's got a really great sense of humor. Like, I appreciate his sense of humor compared to, like, my nephews that talk about butts and farts all the time, you know? He's just another dick Philadelphian. <laughs> okay. You know, takes one to know one, huh? Right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, one last thing about them. Oh, um, hold on. Let me knock out this traffic report, and we'll do one final last thing, if that's okay. Okay. We're current, currently incident-free. No slowdowns either. If you're seeing anything we're not, please call or text. That's your Cumulus Toledo right now traffic. Can I do uh, the the meme that I came across and shared with you today? Sure. Um, so I I came across a link that said this uh, this city meme is is going is making the rounds, and I actually thought it was a picture of a really beautiful futuristic uh, waterfront. And somebody posted Toledo looks incredible. I'm like, oh no, I'm not falling for this. This is where people take this beautiful scenic place and they just slap their city on it and call it Toledo. <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah, and, I, and it took me way too long to get in on the joke. This was um, city I hate. Dallas city I think is overrated Chicago city I think is underrated but I switched that to to Toledo area places Mm -hmm. okay so um you can do this just like uh word association off top of your head if you want a moment for one or the other by all means okay uh Toledo place area northwest Ohio for one Toledo place that you hate um okay come back to that um Toledo, uh, Toledo place that is overrated. Mm, the mall. 
Toledo, Pla- Toledo place that is underrated. Uh, the Huntington Center. Toledo place you like. The Metro Parks. Toledo place you love. Oh, okay. The I like the Metro Parks. Toledo place you love. Oh wait, I love the Metro Parks. I'm Toledo- so bad at this. I should. You should have told me so I could be prepared. Toledo place you like. Um, the baseball field. Toledo place you feel most yourself. Mm, my home. Okay, you can't do that one. Why? I'm into. <laughs> I live in Toledo now. All right, uh, Toledo place you still need to visit. The Greek Festival. Toledo place you, you dream of living. That's not really applicable, but if you have a place. Um, on the waterfront. Yeah, I thought the same thing. I was like, uh, what's that? Like every, twice a year, some $2 million home in Rossford or wherever yeah. on the water goes on sale. Yeah, on the waterfront for sure. 419 place, uh, Toledo place you miss. Uh, Arnie's. Okay. Did you see my answers? I did, and I, I giggled at the one that you you hate, or the one you think is overrated, because I was like, oh, I remember us bonding over this. Like, I specifically was like, you're my kind of guy, because we both said the same thing. Like, we both did it like the same place. <laughs> uh, just to clarify that, the Toledo place that is, I think is overrated, it's not, it's a pizza place, but it's not Village Idiot. That's right. Um, we are six weeks out from Valentine's Day. Uh, I saw the uh, the um, the performance list for um, acoustics for autism. Uh, we mm-hmm. are less than three months away from opening day. Yes, let's plan something. Can we have uh, a dub? Can we shut down the street and have a, have a, di- a DJ party with a dub? Like just on a random Tuesday? No, on opening day. Uh, he is usually somewhere anyway. No. I, oh, he's at uh so then can we can we partner with them this time? Not really up to me. We have a long-term relationship with the other company. Kind I of. Know. Um I do have to get on the the ice skating party, but I'm not as hyped for doing this that I was the roller skating party. Mhm. Because it's ice skating, so. It's ice- and I think Adub needs to bring his own speakers if this time because at last time the, while the DJing was great, it sounded great on air, but at the actual, like outside, the Metro Park speakers are not set up for like like a party, you know? I, I have some, you're right. I have somebody that could help with that. Great. But yeah, I'm, not, I'm glad that you are um, disinterested or not so hyped to have a ice skating party. And plus, they have them like all the time. I will ice skate though this time. When is it? When is your party? There isn't one scheduled. Oh, However, I saw a video. Somebody from here posted a skating, like a trick skating video. Interesting. Um, And I was like, it can't be. No. And these people are like half a million followers. Like, shut the hell up. It was my skating rink growing up. Because they haven't changed the aesthetic at all like any good skating rink. (laughs) And I immediately got interested. And I, I would really, and I might do it this week. I would like to go to Ohio Skate. Oh, have fun. Yeah. Don't hurt yourself. I don't. I won't. <laughs> yeah, get on that. Let's have an opening day birthday party. For you? Yes. Why can't they be separate? Why can't they be together? 
because I don't want opening day taking away from your bright day. Oh, cute. Cute. Okay. 34? Shh. How five, dare you? Five? Is it 34? 35? No, it's 30, 30. 34. Oh, that's, yeah, so mid-30s. How dare you? Anyway. Um. All right. Great to chat again. We will uh, We will get back to this. And um, we're back. We're, we're back. back. All right. We did it. Have a nice life. <gasps> Bye-bye.